It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, For more people in the front, in the noiseblade section, section, Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Wednesday edition, Lockdown Rams. If you guys didn't join us last week, we are kind of taking on a bunch of L.A. Rams podcasters. We're kind of doing a series here in the offseason. We're kind of listening to a bunch of people, chat with a bunch of people that have some things going on. Last Wednesday, we had Jake Ellenbogen from Downtown Rams. Well, we got him back this Wednesday as well. Jake, how are you doing? Welcome again to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, I'm I'm really excited. Um, I'm doing. You know how I'm doing. I, I'm very. <laughs> You're I won't very say busy. I'm burned out, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, my man over here is doing three, four interviews a day, going through the draft, getting all these awesome prospects. Guys, make sure to go give him a follow if you already aren't. It's at Downtown Rams on Twitter. You can go find his webpage at DowntownRams.com. The podcast, just like us everywhere, uh, Google Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, all the good stuff. Go give it a download. Hit subscribe. While you're there, look up Lockdown Rams, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are all over the place. Want to get all that awesome information out there. But Jake's always tweeting amazing stuff. He's added a great uh, combination of writers and podcasters to the group. So we're excited to have him on here because you've been doing tons of conversations. And we'll get to that here in a little bit about the draft and you know, some of the, you know, pick your brain on some of these prospects and where they'll land and how the Rams fit in. But I want to talk to you because we haven't had a chance to talk to anybody yet because today uh, news broke early this morning that Andrew Whitworth is coming back for his 14th season. I'm sure you are excited as I am, but talk me through just, you know, um, that news of Andrew Whitworth coming back. It's really huge. Uh, you know, it, it changes the complexion of the entire offseason because, you know, before I know, you know, you can speculate and say, well, you know, you might have been like me. I mean, I might have taken it for granted, you know, last year. There's no way he's going to retire, you know. But this year, I was a little kind of like, yeah, I don't think he retires, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. And, you know, that really changes the course of this offensive line. It changes how, you know, you go about things in free agency. I think you're more prone to kind of let, you know, somebody like Roger Saffold and John Sullivan go if Andrew Whitworth retires, because that's kind of you like, all right, let's move on. Let's reset. Let's build an offensive line for the future. And, and, you know, we may go through some growing pains, but in the end, it's really going to, you know, help us in the long run. So I kind of looked at like that. um, But I also looked at like now, I think because you brought, you know, Whitworth back, I would definitely expect, you know, just because of, you know, the, the gel and everything that that happened with this, the the cohesive unit that they have. And obviously they were the offensive line of the year. Um, You know, they got that award. I would be shocked if they don't get a deal done with Saffold because uh, to me, if, if, you know, Saffold, um, if he didn't get it done or, or sorry, you know, if, if Whitworth ended up retiring, I think Saffold's gone, but I think they're kind of, you know, a, a two for, for one type of deal. And, 
Um, you know, I think the Rams are going to make sure to bring Saffold back. I think really you know, the question is, do you plug Noteboom in now at right guard? I mean, do you kind of, you know, because you bring Saffold back and then center. I mean, I have a feeling that they're probably just going to keep John Sullivan. Um, I would absolutely move on from him in two seconds. Uh, you know, yeah. there are guys out there that I think um, could play just as well for a lot cheaper. Um, there are also guys in the draft that I think could come in and be just as good. So, um, you know, I would definitely get rid of him in, in two seconds. And, um, you know, as far as Blythe goes, I wouldn't mind kicking him in at center, um, you know, kind of a, a damage control option there and, and very, you know, low cost uh, consuming. And then, you know, you talk about, you know, moving Noteboom to right guard or maybe even, you know, you just like what Demby is doing, you know, or, or you know, Daryl Williams. Maybe you kick him inside the um, the guy that really spent uh, most of his time on the practice squad. And, you know, I just think those are the type of things that you kind of have to uh, you kind of have to you know, keep in mind. I mean, they, they have multiple avenues they can go here. And, and I to me, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw somebody like a Jordan Mills. Um, you know, from Buffalo, uh, right tackle that is going to be a free agent. I don't expect him to bring him back. He is 28 years old. And, um, you know, he's somebody that, you know, Cromer coached as well as Ryan Groy, who signed an offer sheet, you know, year prior. So, or, or rather two years prior. So, you know, I, I think definitely, you know, Ryan Groy could be an option. I think Jordan Mills, um, you know, even, uh, John Miller, um, you know, another guard that, uh, you know, Cromer, uh, coach so I, I think there are guys out there um you know certainly i would love paratus in a rams uniform i think he may not be the the sexy uh you know free agency pickup and people might roll their eyes but you know people that understand the game of football and, and really are more about you know moving on and and moving forward and improving they'll appreciate that pickup of you know somebody like a paratus over, you know, a flashy move, like, you know, trading for Antonio Brown, for instance. So, you know, that that's kind of where I sit here. Uh, I think it obviously impacts free agency in a, in a big way. And it's a good thing to have because, you know, I think you're winning either way, but I think you win more having uh, Whitworth than having the 13 million that he would have ended up saving the Rams by retiring. So right. uh, that's just my take. No, I love it. And and you really went deep down the rabbit hole there. And I love it because you, you looked at multiple options of what that really means and what how they can react to this. Because I also saw a report that said that he told the Rams a couple days after the Super Bowl that he went back, thought about it, and then he's let them know. So they've had an idea on this offseason and understanding. And I'm curious. I, I know sometimes players have a little bit more involvement in, especially when you get to that age and you're talking about retiring or coming back and kind of if they had any chats with the Rams about what they're doing and directional wise and as far as what to do with Saffle and, and Sullivan because if you're Andrew Whitworth and you're coming back for your 14th season and you're on the fence about retiring you said it last the year before I think we all felt a little more confident about that he was coming back he only had one year left on his deal I was hoping that he was kind of you know Andrew Whitworth seems like that guy that's like I signed a three-year deal I'm gonna play three years uh, but, you know, I'm wondering how that kind of goes into him coming back with Saffold. And you talked about the different directions we can go. And I would really hope that we would invest, uh, you know, in Andrew Whitworth's last year, keeping that line somewhat together. I'm with you, you know, on Sullivan. I think it's about $5 million we can save by, you know, letting him go. Uh, he did, you know, serve some valuable snaps for us. But at the same time, I think for what we got from him production-wise, you know, you talked about Paratus being a fill-in there. You know, he's coming off a big injury. 
probably going to come at a little bit of a discount, maybe a shorter contract again. Uh, and then even I like your idea of kind of sliding some people around. Blythe, you know, filled in at times as center before we really saw him at right guard. He seemed to do okay there. He seems to be comfortable at that position. Obviously, we got Alan Noteboom kind of waiting in the wings. You know, you spent some draft capital on them last year at some point. You're going to want to give them an opportunity. You know, that's why you draft them. You get a little bit cheaper and you also have some skill there to move them in. They sat for a year behind those guys kind of learning. Uh, you know, I love there's so many potentials on shaking it up. I don't want to shake it up too much because, like you said, they were the number one O-line in the NFL last year at the NFL Honors. They won that award. So uh, you want to keep some consistency. Again, it goes back to health. Last two years, this line has been really healthy. Uh, that's been amazing, and that's been really helpful. I think that, you know, listening to guys like, Whitworth, he talks about Sean McVay and the way that he practices and that he gives them a lot of mental reps late in the week that kind of allows their body to rest. So um, that had to probably be a, a part of the factor that comes in. But there's so many things that you're right, this domino of how it affects things and what it means for even, you know, draft wise and looking at how they want to go with that 31 pick and you know, really what they have overall in the draft and where you want to grab guys. And then the free agent market, you talked about, uh, you know, a couple guys out in Buffalo and who's who's worked with who in the past and all those intricacies of the NFL is really amazing. But so glad that we've got Andrew Whitworth back. I think, you know, out of, you know, the offseason already, I feel like we've already won the offseason by getting him. Uh, we have a lot of decisions still to make, but Obviously, on that line, Roger Saffold is going to be next. And then, obviously, what you're going to do as far as capital-wise, as far as cutting some people. Uh, a lot of people have roster bonuses that are coming up early in March. But uh, that's going to be fun. So, overall thoughts on this line, you feel pretty good about, you know, even if, you know, we lose one of those guys or two of those guys, how we can plug it in. You're feeling pretty confident about what our O-line could do moving forward? Yeah, you know, I, I think really um, you don't want to see, you know, somebody like Saffold go. But I, I think oftentimes – you know, this can really come down to nostalgia. I mean, you, you saw what he went through, right. um, you know, with, with the bad teams and everything. And, and you don't really want to see him leave. And, you know, kind of like, you know, if you might not know this analogy, uh, Bear, but, you know, I'm a Yankee fan. So when Don Mattingly retired, that, of course, is when the Yankees decide to start winning world championships. So, right. you know, it's you don't want to he doesn't want to be the Don Mattingly uh, you right. know, of the Rams. You don't want like him it. to be the Don Mattingly of the Rams. So, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. Um, you know, at the same time, we're not kidding ourselves. This guy's a top five guard in pro football right now. Um, and he's only gotten better with age. And that's the thing that's incredible. And it makes you wonder, you know, he took that cortisone shot. And I mentioned this, I think, last podcast in his shoulder. And, and I mean, he's really ever since he had that that uh, not cortisone shot, the, the surgery um, ever, ever since he had that surgery, he's been like money. I mean, it's been impressive. You see night and day you know, a, a difference between Saffold back when he was drafted with Sam Bradford, you know, Saffold, you know, in 2015 and Saffold now. And I mean, he's yeah. older now, he's 31. So um, he's like exiting his prime within a year or two. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's something to consider. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you let him go because what, I just don't think he's going to be as expensive. Um, Again, he's 31. So, you know, I think the way teams are kind of holding on to their cap space could be a little worrisome. But I mean, like, who's going to grab him? Maybe the Jets. But then you have to, you know, kind of decide, do I want to play for the Jets 
you know, right, different right. And, or right. like do you, do just you call Tremaine Johnson. He'll tell you, take the deal in LA, yeah. man. It's not <laughs> worth it. That's the thing. You know, it's like, do I want to play for the Jets who probably are, are like, you know, three to, to five years away from being a Super Bowl contender the way the Rams are right now? I mean, regardless of what happens this offseason, you, you can't imagine after the past two years, you can't imagine the Rams not making the AFC title game at least. So are you sure you want to leave that? And that, that's yeah. kind of you know, the question I would pose to Saffold. Well, it's going to be interesting and hopefully we'll find out in due time because I would love to get this over and not have to, obviously it's not going to come down to like this AD holdout situation because he's not under contract, but I want to get it out sooner than early or sooner than later. Obviously, we've got a lot to go on with other free agents and what are we going to do with our money? So I'm assuming that's one of the top priorities for the Rams as well. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We're going to take a break. We're going to get a couple words from some sponsors. We'll be right back. Wednesday edition. Barrett Jake right after this. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back Wednesday edition. We've got Jake Ellenbogen from Downtown Rams. Check him out. This man is constantly talking to people, constantly posting. You're joining the force of content, 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 and I love that. Uh, you, I was just listening to one of your episodes that you guys posted the other day where you interviewed a couple prospects. You've been talking to prospects left and right. Uh, kind of just give me a little you know, taste of some of the people that you have talked to recently, uh, some of the conversations you have coming up, and just kind of uh, where these guys are from and, and a little bit about the draft prospects you guys have been talking to. 
Yeah, so, you know, first off, I want to give a shout out to Alexis Kraft, who has been just unbelievable. I mean, as many interviews as I've gotten, it's kind of been a competition now. I mean, like we've been kind of, you know, seeing who could get more interviews, but no, not really. Um, you know, <laughs> we've just we've just we've have been both really grinding and, and I really appreciate her because I mean, like I'll wake up at like, you know, whatever. And, uh, I'll be getting ready for work and she'll be like, Oh, by the way, you know, this person is, uh, you know, confirmed. I'm like, Oh my, how did, what? Like, (laughs) so, uh, you know, I'm really excited. Um, we actually have an interview that's confirmed, uh, with a free agent cornerback. Uh, that's kind of a big name. Um, he, I mean, he started for a playoff team. I can't give much more than that, but, um, we are pretty excited to have him on. Um, I love it. That's what we call a teaser hanging on. Everyone's (laughs) going to, you're going to have to track it down and follow along to get that one, but it sounds exciting. Yeah. So we we're excited about that. Um, we're interviewing an Alabama offensive lineman, um, shortly after the combine, uh, we got a USC guy coming on, um, a guy that's really been a mainstay of that defense, you know, the, the four years he was there. And, um, you know, I, I just loved watching him, you know, cause I also do like USC as much of a Kansas fan I am, but really the guys that we've interviewed so far, I mean, you know, just, you know, off the bat, I mean, you're talking about, you know, Kingsley Kiki from Texas A&M, Michael Dogby from Temple, Dalton Reisner from Kansas state, um, you know, Montre Hardage from Northwestern, uh, you know, my, uh, Miami's offensive lineman, Tyree St. Louis, Notre Dame tight end, uh, Nick Wisher, Arizona State. I mean, this guy you need to keep uh, an, an eye on, basically. Um, you know, jot this name down. Arizona State defensive lineman, Brunel Wren, has an opportunity to become the first um, defensive lineman taken from Arizona State since 2014. Um, so that, that'll be cool for him. And, and he definitely should go in the top three rounds. So he's somebody that could end up wearing horns and, um, you know, he'd be a really nice interior defensive line piece. And, you know, there's, you know, of course, uh, we interviewed uh, Kansas guard Dwayne Wallace, uh, who was also a really fun interview. And the cool thing with him is, you know, he actually transferred from Cal. So he knew um, Jared Goff. Uh, didn't oh, block wow. for him because he he sat out um, due to transfer rules, you know, the obnoxious NCAA transfer yeah. rules. Um, but, you know, he had to sit out. But, uh, you know, he actually had a chance to, you know, get to know Jared and um, was talking about that on our podcast, you know, before the draft. Like he was watching, you know, he'd be in the in the weight room and Jared be working out at the weight room. And then, you know, really the next month, he said Jared kind of amped it up and went over to uh, Thousand Oaks to prepare and i mean that's kind of when you started hearing you know the the buzz around you know the draft was like he was thrown to juju and and cooper cup so i think that's probably what he was talking about but you know really cool stuff there and um you know obviously kansas love i mean gotta interview more kansas players right so uh joe denin uh i mean he was one of the best i think he's one of the best college tackling linebackers i've ever seen um just a tackling machine led the uh the FBS and tackling, uh, I think two straight years. So in, in solo tackles, so like actual wow. tackles, not like I breathed on you. Type right. Thing. Right. So, um, so, you know, and then Morgan state, um, 
offensive lineman Joshua Miles is somebody to definitely keep an, an eye on. Um, he's actually going to be at the combine, and we we got him on the show, and and he was fun to talk to, and just you know all these guys. Um, we just finished up with uh, Kansas defensive lineman Daniel Wise, who his, if you don't know his younger brother, unfortunately just won the Super Bowl against the Rams. Uh, Dietrich Wise of the Patriots, but I thought yes. it was cool, you know that connection. He talked a little bit about you know being. Um, you know, there uh, supporting his brother and how, you know, he was like a fan girl. He said he actually had to start deleting apps on his phone because <laughs> he was running out of uh, space, you know, taking so many pictures and video of his brother. So I thought that was a, a cool moment. I mean, you know, obviously wish it went, you know, a different way, but um, I totally get, you know, him. I, he actually forgot for a sec, like, oh, well, I'm on a Rams podcast. So I probably should <laughs> I be saying this. Yeah. But, Pump the brakes but, uh, just a little bit on the excitement, right? <laughs> But, but no, it was cool. And you could tell, I mean, the passion he had, obviously, supporting his brother. Um, and then Wyatt Ray, uh, Boston College Edge, um, you know, I had a chance to speak with him, his thoughts on, you know, guys, you know, like Harold Landry playing with him, playing with, of course, our guy, John John, um, you know, all those guys. So that's really that's I don't want to say that's really it because it's not it's not even close. But, um, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. And yeah, it uh, sounds like barely anybody. It sounds like, you know, you have lots of free time. It sounds like with uh, all those conversations, man, that is quite a list. And that's awesome, man. I I love hearing those. And I was listening, actually, like I said, uh, the one you guys just posted, I was listening to that uh, right before our chat today and trying to stay up to date with all those because the interviews are great. You're doing a great job with those. And out of the conversations that you're getting from these guys, I'm sure, I mean, obviously coming from a lot of different walks, a lot of different levels of college football. Uh, have you heard any consistency from these guys on how they're getting ready for the combine or this process or uh, just kind of their mindset getting in? Has there been anything you've seen from anybody or any interesting thing that's popped out on how someone else is preparing from you know another another guy for the draft? Yeah, so I'll start this off with I feel like everyone trains at Exos. <laughs> I just hear that so much in interviews, but um, I will say this isn't necessarily about how anyone trains, but we like to ask pass rushers which quarterback they want to sack the most in the NFL. Nice. And, uh, you know, we get all sorts of answers. Um, I think it was Daniel was like, man, I'm not telling you because, you know, they could hear this podcast right. and I end up on that team. And <laughs> so he was very methodical in the way he approached that interview. And, of course, we love the guy. But, uh, you know, no, we had a bunch of interviews and a lot of people, Tom Brady. Yeah. Why do you want to sack him? Oh, I just want to sack him. He, 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 you know, he gets the ball out so quickly. I, uh, we actually had, uh, it, I think it was, it was Kingsley. He actually, he kind of cursed on our podcast talking about, uh, Tom Brady. He was just like, Oh, I just want to get him. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just like, and, and you know, I won't go to that level cause I don't like, you know, cursing on shows, but, uh, but no, uh, I thought that was, it was funny. Um, just, that was a consistency where it seemed like everyone was saying Tom Brady, a lot of people, when we asked their favorite player growing up, they said Ray Lewis and, um, and Michael Vick. Um, so I thought that was an interesting consistency and, uh, you know, really just, uh, all these players and I, I'm not like saying that, like I'm super religious or anything, but I noticed that a lot of these players are very faithful. Um, so I, I did notice that consistency as well. Yeah. I mean, you see that in athletes and, you you know, they always get the speech or they win the MVP and they're thanking God first. And, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs in this process and injuries and, you know, a lot of struggle getting there. So I could understand that as well. And, you know, I I love that question of of who would you want to sack? 
Uh, I was having that conversation not too long ago, uh, just as, you know, I'm, I don't play in the NFL, but, you know, just as far as who was I'd want to sack. And I went old school and you mentioned his name, which it was was surprising when I heard it. But uh, I always said Michael Vick because I felt like if I could get to Michael Vick, then that was just something that could live on my resume forever that, you know, going oh, getting yeah. one of the fastest guys back there. And I'll throw it to you just because we're on the topic. Who would be uh, your name if you were in the NFL or got an opportunity to, to play? Who would you want to sack? Uh, definitely Tom Brady. There you go, the goat. Um, yeah, I well, okay, so I won't get into that whole goat conversation. Yeah, okay, but, fair enough. Um, he, I wouldn't call him the greatest of all time. Uh, I actually believe if we're talking talent wise, I would lean towards Aaron Rodgers just based on I, I've never seen a quarterback that has had that many traits. Um, I mean, you're talking about somebody that just is so refined in every single area. And Tom Brady, you know, as great as he is, is not as mobile as Aaron Rodgers, doesn't have the wrist action Rodgers has, doesn't have, you know, the ability to really, um, you know, manipulate the pocket the way Rodgers does. And, uh, you know, quite honestly, doesn't have, you know, the deep ball accuracy Rodgers does and, you know, the velocity at times. I mean, it's it's incredible what Rodgers is able to do on the move and, I think that's why I always lean towards him, but it, it's no knock on Brady. I mean, cause you know, I also think somebody that gets no love is Dan Marino because he doesn't have a ring, but exactly, you know, yeah. so, you know, Eli Manning has two rings, you know, Joe Flacco has a ring. Are you saying, you know, they're better than, than Dan Marino the guy with the quickest release ever. And yeah, the goat conversation you know. tends to lean towards the ring thing. Right. And you see that a lot in the NBA as well. I mean, yeah. they're like, it was all about Kobe chasing rings and LeBron chasing rings to get to Jordan. And, and you just mentioned Dan Marino and Eli and how those compare. And it is funny that that is a huge part of that conversation. But I agree with you. Uh, it's not the whole conversation, but that is actually that that's a goat podcast. Might as well have one of those days because, man, that is a whole on conversation that we can get into because there's a bunch of people on that list. And I like to even go into the Hall of Fame thing because that kind of goes hand in hand with those rings. And does this guy make the Hall of Fame compared to that guy? You know, even looking at the draft class, you mentioned Eli and you know, looking at Ben and uh, Philip Rivers and, you know, who would get in first and how would that go and who should get more percentage of the votes. And it's just you could break those down and that would be a fun podcast. Maybe we'll do it one of these days in the offseason. I'd, oh, I'd have a good time with that <laughs> one. And uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We're going to be back on the other side. We're going to talk about Rams at 31 and some of the names we've seen out there in the mock draft. I'm going to throw them your way and see what you think about it. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break, get a couple words from some sponsors. We'll be right back. Wednesday edition, Locked on Rams. Jake and Bear right after this. All right, Rams Nation, we are back third and final segment. This is the Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We've got Jake Ellenbogen with us again. We are very excited to be partnering up with him this offseason and kind of picking his brain and all the draft coverage that he is doing. The draft combine actually started today, Tuesday. Uh, nothing crazy exciting right now. I think the first time they hit the field and uh, we'll see him on, on TV. He's going to be on Friday. Uh, when they start to break down uh, position by position and start to do some on-field practicing. But, man, it doesn't stop us from guessing and talking and interviewing and breaking it all down. This is just the beginning of this offseason and all the exciting things leading up to the draft. Uh, I kind of went around and just scoped out. I mean, there are thousands of mock drafts out there, but I kind of just went. You've got a list in front of you that I sent over, and I may need your help here because I may butcher some of these names uh, 
that was one thing I got to give you props as you're talking to all these players. I suck at names. I mean, if the listeners are out there and we've done giveaways and then they've asked questions and given shout outs, I'm like, can't wait for that John Smith to ask me a question so I know I can get it right. I've just butchered names all the time. So that's, I can't wait to, I got to give you props because, uh, you know, hearing some of the names that you've pronounced, let alone right there, you're, you got yourself off on a, on a good start. So, uh, but let's just go through a list. I'll kind of say where I heard it, uh, where I saw it, and then just, you know, talk to me about the pick. If you think it's a good fit for us, if you think that that player is going to be there, uh, if you think it's a stretch, if you think whatever it may be, we'll just get your thoughts on it. So, uh, one of the first ones I have on the list, this one came from NFL.com, Chad Reuter, and he said, Jalen Ferguson, he's an edge coming out of Louisiana Tech. Thoughts? So Jalen's my guy. Um, I, I, I love Jalen. I had a chance to to talk with him at the Senior Bowl, um, but really just as a friend, you know, because he actually came on my podcast before the Senior Bowl, got a picture with him, and, and we were just talking, you know, we weren't really talking football. It felt good. You know, you forget that these kids and they're kids. I mean, you right. know, they're, they're my age basically. So, um, you know, I've been in contact with Jalen and, and, you know, that whole thing, I mentioned it on your podcast last week. Um, I thought it was a joke that the combine disinvited him. Uh, but I don't think that's going to hurt his stock. I think, you know, really what it does is it kind of hurts the, the combine stock. I think more, um, you know, general managers and, and executives and such, they, they know this guy. Um, everyone knows that he's a, you know, a class act, um, very, 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 uh, you know, high character guy. And so, you know, when you're talking about, you know, somebody like that, the league already knows it's kind of like, well, why is the combine holding him out? Right. Um, so, you know, with Jalen as a player though, I mean, he's the highest, he has the highest, uh, floor, um, out of any of the, the edge rushers, I believe, um, you know, I, I think except maybe Nick Bosa, but, um, you know, I just think Jalen is, is somebody, I mean, he, he set the, the pass, uh, you know, the, the sack record, uh, you know, in, in the FBS, um, career sack record. And, you know, he's just somebody that I think has been a little kind of under the radar, um, you know, this pick really doesn't make me think he's under the radar, but right. I think some guys, you know, are kind of throwing him in that first round to be completely honest with you. Um, I don't see him going in the first round. I think he's a second round, third round capable player, um, you know, because here's the thing, you know, I'm buddy buddy with these guys, but I'm going to be honest. I'm going to do my job. I'm not going to you know beat around the bush. I, I think he's a second, third round player and. Um, you know, I think that might be a little bit of a reach for the Rams. I think, you know, you got to be excited if, if he's there in the third round, he'd make a lot of sense for the Rams. Somebody that really fits as a three, four, uh, pass rusher off the edge. And, you know, I think he, combined with his power, uh, cause he, he uses speed to power well, uh, but he's got really nice bend, uh, that doesn't get talked about very often. And people will just say he's stiff cause they'll look at his body and they won't really do the research. I've seen that all over, but. You know, I think this is somebody that definitely could start. Um, he'd be an upgrade over Ibukam, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing, and that's what I love about these mock drafts and even talking to you about it is, you know, you're thinking maybe he he grades out second, third round, but, you know, we talked about it last week. Do the Rams want to pick at 31? Do they want to move back? Maybe it's the best of both worlds, right? Maybe we trade back 31, pick up a couple picks, and still end up with a guy that you really like, an edge guy, but you get him 
at that evaluation that you feel comfortable with. Again, it's the crazy thing about a draft is you, all of us create these mock drafts and you go out and then you get people that go through the process and interview the guy and have private workouts and go to their school and do those workouts and they fall in love with the guy. And all of a sudden, you know, what someone else has graded as a second round guy, they're like, you know what? I don't want to risk that. I don't want to see him lose them in the early second round. Someone else sees what I saw and you grab them then. That's what's kind of fun about this process. But uh, kind of moving on onto the next guy, uh, Seelan Farrell, Edge, Clemson. Uh, this one actually came from John Lenyard. He's for the Draft Network and NFL Locked On NFL Draft. So here on the network, uh, he just put up a recent article and had Farrell go into us at number 31. Talking about this because I thought uh, I was seeing him more, you know, he'd be gone by 31. But talk to me about the edge out of Clemson. Yeah, Cleveland Farrell to me doesn't make a ton of sense for uh, the Rams scheme. Um, and I love John. I think he does great work, so it's no knock on him. Um, and I think draft works awesome, but I don't really know because he's somebody that can't really stand up. I, I think his weakness is as a stand up pass rusher. I don't think he has versatility. I think he's very scheme, uh, you know, oriented, very scheme minded. I think he's a four, three, uh, you know, guy that kind of like a, a Robert Quinn. I'm not saying he is Robert Quinn, but he's got, you know, really nice size and, um, you know, he, he's got some decent bend, but nothing to go home about. I think he's more of a run stuffer and, um, you know, I think he's really good, you know, using his hands. I think he's got great hand usage and, and somebody that could definitely contribute. And don't get me wrong. If he's there, the Rams would definitely consider it because he, he I don't think he'll be there at 31, but, um, he doesn't really fit though. You know what I mean? So it just, I don't know, at least for me anyway. I feel like they're trying to run this modified 3-4, attacking 3-4 defense. Um, You know, kind of a, it's kind of like a 4-3, but you still have your stand-up pass rushers. And, you know, I don't know if Farrell makes a ton of sense, you know, as a stand-up. I mean, that's kind of his weakness. I, I just don't think he can really do it all that well. But, I mean, he's a very, very smart football player. Um, I guess my issue is that, and, Anytime you draft one of these guys, even the smallest red flag can be a red flag. Yeah. Um, you know, he tore his ACL back in 2014. So it's still an ACL tear that doesn't go away. And you're more likely to get a second ACL tear. And I don't know. It's always something I'll, I'll you know, write down. It's a note. So and like you said, yeah. a red flags, red flag. And I think those are things that, you know, as a team, you have to figure out what those red flags are for you and stay consistent with it. Right. And and not fall in love with a guy and. Uh, you know, continue to stay consistent with what you do in the past. But kind of moving on this list, and this is a Notre Dame guy, and you mentioned, you know, Alexis is from Notre, is a Notre Dame fan, so this may be a guy that you guys talk to in, the in you know, coming up at some point. But Jerry Tillery, D-tackle Notre Dame, uh, was put at 31 by CBS writer Pete Prisco. What do you think about that one? Yeah, so with Tillery, he's more... So I look at him, he's more of a pass rushing interior defensive lineman, which the Rams obviously have and, you know, Aaron Donald, John Franklin Myers. So I'm not saying that it's an awful pick. Um, I think it definitely makes sense, but I do think the Rams would benefit more grabbing somebody that's more of a guy that, that can, you know, stuff the run. And I think he's more of a really athletic guy that, that is more of a, um, I won't even say athletic, but I mean, he's more of a, a pass rusher. Um, he doesn't really showcase a, a ton of versatility, in my opinion. Um, so we're talking, we're, we go from a guy that can, you know, stop the run and is a solid pass rusher, but can't really, 
you know, play standing up. And then you go to this guy who is really a nice edge rusher, or not edge rusher, but interior rusher. Um, but I think his weakness is uh, as a as a run stopper. So I don't, you know, I, I think the Rams really need a guy that is going to be able to shoot gaps, but um, you know, not be over, you know, don't don't over pursue. Um, you saw that in the the Dallas Cowboys game. Um, you know the way. At the beginning, although the Rams kind of sold out for the run, you know, as the the game went on. But at the beginning, Dallas was using the Rams over pursuit on uh, trap runs for Ezekiel Elliott. And so that's how, you know, when people are like, where are these giant gashes of, you know, these runs coming from in the play? You know, like, remember that? Like when people are like, where's this coming from? That's where it's coming from, because now you're putting more pressure on a linebacker group that's a little undersized. Um, I think Corey Littleton needs some help next to him um, because as, as good as Barron can be, he could also be that much worse. You know, he's a very inconsistent player. And so, you know, I think no matter who's in your linebacker group, I think you need guys that are going to kind of shut it down up front. I mean, you saw how key it was for the Saints. You know, can you imagine if the Rams got the production the Saints got? I mean, they still haven't allowed a a hundred yard rusher in 25, 26 games. Yeah. So, it's crazy. You um, mentioned that, that linebacker position and, and that undersized. And I think that's another guy that maybe we agree on, maybe we wouldn't, but uh, Mark Barron's another guy that I would love to see potentially save some money on. He's got a, he's got a roster bonus coming up. Uh, and in March that we got to make a decision if he's on the roster, he gets an extra two and a half million. And then, you know, obviously we can save more if we cut him before then. And, and like you said, undersized really rebuild that, you know, attack of that, of that run defense, which is really important. I mean, you mentioned the saints there and, and how that defense really played in, in eliminating hundred yard rusher. If we had that in uh, the artillery, that would be so great for guys, you know, like Donald up front, knowing that although he is, he's priding himself on stopping the run, but be able to kind of focus a little bit more on, um, you know, it's not like he had struggle getting to the quarterback, but knowing that he doesn't have to do it all in that first line up on that defensive line, but uh, a good take there as well. I got a couple more, then we'll get out of here. And you know what? I'll probably save some of these, maybe make this the third segment that we do on every episode. I, I mean, there's going to be mock draft after mock draft, and I'll just keep throwing them out your way. But we just mentioned Alexis Kraft. She writes for Downtown Rams, and uh, you guys have put up a mock draft uh, that she had written, and and she had picked uh, at our position 31. Jeffrey Sims, uh, D-line, Mississippi State. Talk to me about that pick uh, and how that falls in at 31. Yeah, so I actually really like this pick, and I know a lot of people won't because this is somebody you kind of have to go in knowing that you're not going to have him, you know, pretty much the entire year. Uh, he might be just a an option where you get him back week 16 and you throw him out there, and hopefully he can be your playoff starter. Um, he unfortunately ended up uh, tearing his ACL. Um, he did have a red flag in 2016 with the, you know, an incident with a woman, uh, you know, an assault charge. Um, so that is obviously a little worrisome. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's a disruptive player, um, you know, interior player. I think he can really win on both sides, you know, whether it be as a run guy, as a, as a guy that can, um, you know, rush the passer. Uh, he's just a really violent player. Um, so I think he's got great 
technique. I think he uses his hands very well. He'd be a monster next to Aaron Donald and, and John Franklin Myers and Michael Brockers, whoever is on that defensive line. But um, I really like this pick because, you know, at the end of the day, I, I would be so hypocritical if I said no to this pick when I feel like he is absolutely the best player available if he falls 31. And I've always been a fan of saying, you know what? No matter where you are as a team, you have to go best available. Yeah, you have to, uh, because if you didn't go best available, you know, back in 2014, Aaron Donald is not a Ram. <laughs> you know, if they went, you know, just based on their needs, they probably draft Blake Bortles uh, number two. And then, you know, 13, they probably go somewhere else because people were saying, I mean, are you kidding me? We have Kendall Lankford, we have Michael Brockers. Why are you drafting another defensive tackle? Right. Well, go go watch the film. Yeah, He's exactly. about to put, you know, Kendall Lankford out of the NFL. So, um, and I liked Lankford too. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they, they lasted about a year or two. But, um, and then the Rams actually liked that. So what they did is they started, they got Nick Fairley, you know, so, so they – you know, they, they weren't shying away from getting that extra guy, um, you know, with Brockers and Donald, they did it with Sue, you know, so it, it's kind of been, you know, an ingredient um, to what they do. But yeah. I mean, and I think it, it just kind of goes to show you BPA all the way. Yeah. And I think for the Rams also, you talked about not shying away from adding best available or, or talent in general. Rams also haven't shied away from character guys, right? Guys that come out with a story behind them. Uh, you know, I know Sue hasn't had big off the field problems and uh, Peters and Talib as well, but they had those those kind of that aura about them as being maybe not a good locker room fit. We took all three of them in at the same time and they fit in perfectly into what we're doing. I think our culture is what we have trust in. So bringing in a guy like that, uh, you know, doesn't really worry me. Like it may worry some other teams because of the locker room that we have and guys like Whitworth coming back and, you know, that veteran leadership on both sides of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see where this guy goes because you need to talk about coming off the injury. Uh, it's got some of the off the field stuff. The NFL is on high alert with all that, obviously at all times, but uh, now more than never. So be interesting to see how far he does fall because you're talking about his talent and it is true. His talent is, is high level. So uh, I'm interested to see how far he falls. We've seen many of talents that don't have off the field issues that fall in the draft and, you know, many awesome uh, green room shots of those guys just waiting for their name to be called. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys, but at the same time, you never know how far you're going to drop when that starts happening. It's almost like that thing of what is everyone else seeing that we we're not at this point. So you kind of stay away, but uh, that's going to be an interesting to watch. Uh, at 31. But man, I've got a, a list full here that I can't wait to continue to talk to you about. And I'll keep adding them as you guys do mocks. And as everyone else around the country is doing mocks, we'll start adding more names on this list to kind of have you break it down. Uh, but want to say thank you again, guys. Make sure to go give Jake a follow uh, on Twitter at Downtown Rams. Check out the website, downtownrams.com. They're always putting up content interviews galore right now if you guys are trying to get up to date on some of the draft stuff that they're doing uh go check them out they're putting up podcasts almost daily at this point so great job with that guys and uh jake i appreciate it man i look forward to talking to you next week and we'll pick your brain more on the nfl draft sounds good to me man always a pleasure Check it out. I've got hip hop tight spots. 
I wanna hear that bass when I make love. Wanna hear some lyrics when I wake up. Right rhymes to get me through a breakup. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network and NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.